Every Wednesday, when you're tuned in to MutinyRadio.fm, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about weird shit and God and stuff. Uh, some call me Tim. Some call me Tim today here at Mutiny Radio. I'm very excited to have with me musician and performer david brown hey how you doing hi all right welcome to the program uh the first thing i usually have you do is look into the eyes of stoner jesus and uh white stoner jesus and i ask do you believe in jesus yes yes now I, I don't believe Jesus Christ was the son of God, ah. but I believe that the person that has now become Jesus Christ did actually exist. He's a real point. guy. Yes. But real he person. didn't uh, raise, was he, did he resurrect from the dead? No. 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 Not zombie Jesus. He no. was killed. Yes. Buried. Real story. Buried. Yeah. But then why did everybody, where does the resurrection stuff come from? Well, it comes from dogma and stories. I mean... There's plenty of religious uh, mythology that nobody believes in anymore that once was very, 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 very uh, heavily or avidly, vehemently believed in. Sure. Right. Do you think that religion is... And and a resurrection story, this is not... Jesus Christ is not the first resurrection story in in history Uh at all, period. Nor the first nativity story. Really? No, absolutely not. What about the virgin birth thing? No, absolutely. Now, there's, there's all throughout history, religion has had virgin birth, immaculate conception, all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, that's uh, I don't understand. By Jove, you know, uh, sure. Old uh, Jupiter or Zeus used to come down and bang women all the time. That's right. Make babies. The swan or something was he a swan? He. I'm allowed to say swan. whatever I want, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you good. can fuck swear. You can gotcha. do whatever you want. We're on the we're on the internet. It's fine. That's cool. Um, that's true. I was trying to think of like. There's tons of resurrection things. If you look at Greek mythology, which, mm-hmm. and, but that that happened before Jesus' time. Yes, mm-hmm. the Greek stuff was before. Okay. Yeah, I mean Ancient we're talking Greece. like okay. I mean if you, all right. So you have before Common Era, or I guess BC used to mean before Christ or something like that. But you, I mean, we're talking about um, sometimes in excess of, of 500 years or more before the birth of Christ, wow. before Jesus Christ would have would have been believed to have lived. You know. Do you think that man needs religion in order to not be bad? No. 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 So. I believe, I believe that religion has actually, uh, I I think that, that society has actually gotten to the point that it has where we, uh, especially Western society, I mean, that's, you know, I'm American, that's all I've ever been, so that's all I can really speak of, but. So we'll take Americans, for example. I believe we've advanced to the point where we uh, are more aware and concerned about human rights and individual rights than we've ever been in spite of religion. Really? Not because of religion. Yes, absolutely. And I think history would, would help me support that if I, if I but, was able to research it. So do you think that people are intrinsically good? No, I think they're intrinsically human. Right. So, so define to me, if, if I was living in a cave, 
and every day was a fight to survive and I was barely more than starving mm -hmm. and you came into my cave and you tried to take my food from me which would kill me if you did that and I clubbed you over the head and drug you out and left you in a ditch somewhere would that be wrong see that's a great that's a great question like a like a moral quandary uh, mm -hmm. if, I mean if you're constantly fighting for survival but we're we're not Right. always fighting for survival or mm -hmm. or we metaphorically fight for survival because like survival's super easy now right well not for everybody i'm like just looking at san francisco i think like oh it's so easy to survive here comparatively it is i mean we don't have animals trying to eat us every day right you know? right right we don't uh, right we don't have animals trying to eat us and we have well but not everybody has housing so but there's warmth and food is readily available right so we maybe maybe back then there was no time for religion because we were too busy trying to feed ourselves. I don't believe there wasn't time for religion back then. I believe yeah. that that the idea of what is morally or ethically right or wrong. I mean the, the ideas of right or wrong, the idea of of something being morally or ethically correct. Uh I don't believe they had time for that kind of crap back sure, then. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Um and I believe that uh, that religion is 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 a natural um, extension of human imagination mm. of the human psyche. But um, I believe we're actually evolving to a point where we we won't need God anymore. I think that atheism is the natural like outcome of huh. if if you progress far enough on human, if we survive ourselves, really is what it is. Right. I believe that that our society will become predominantly more atheist than than it will be religious at some point. Are you? Do you consider yourself an atheist? I am an atheist. All yes. right. So okay, but still, do you, so you say you don't believe in a higher power. I don't believe in a creator of the universe that pulls all the strings. Ah. Is there something out there that exists on a level that I can't comprehend? Sure, fine. Sure. Does that make it God? Should I worship that? I mean, the problem is if a person looking like this picture of Jesus Christ who, uh, you know, probably didn't look anything like this. No, but, of course not. You know, he probably had <laughs> raggedy hair and, you know, rotting teeth and uh, it was much darker skin than this man. Um, but, uh, uh, you know... If if this if guy from this picture came down and started shooting firebolts out of his ass, I still wouldn't worship him, you know? Oh, that makes sense. Right. Sure. Because there, there might be some creature out there that, that can shoot firebolts from his ass. And, you know, if if I took a Zippo, a Zippo lighter and I got in a time machine and I zoomed oh. back in time 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 years and I, and I lit that thing, I would be a, a, probably a demon or something like that. If I went back in time with a flamethrower, I'd probably be a demigod. You right, know what I'm saying? Sure. Or a god. Right. Right. So I mean, it's the same. It's the same argument of like taking a typewriter to, you know, the <clears throat> to the 1400s, and they'd be right. like, "What fangled and what is it? It's yeah, amazing." Probably speaking more Germanic than anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Middle English at that point. Yeah. I uh, there's a an argument for. I mean. I don't know. I like, I yeah, like to believe the idea that there's like somebody out there looking down, making sure I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's like, you know, gravity. I don't understand that. And that exists. Uh, but I don't like have a little personification of gravity, like my friend that holds me to the ground and without you, I can't exist. Has a, a long white beard and a penis conveniently. Right. You know, but yeah. it'd be like, 
if we, I don't know, maybe we are worshiping science right now. I don't well, know. I mean, but I don't think that science can be worshipped. Really? Well, I mean, worshipping something requires a certain kind of idolatry, a certain kind of fa- you have to have a faith, and uh, you know, you'll you'll see scientists that make the mistake of of kind of um, coming to a conclusion before all the empirical evidence is really laid out before them or analyzed correctly. But you're not supposed to do that. I mean, the, the religion requires a certain degree of of, of blind faith, and 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 I'll and I'll I'll, 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 I'll I'll take a little side venture here and say that I will never argue for or against the existence of God. Oh. For for many for several different reasons, but one of them being that I cannot prove either way. Sure. At some point, every single person reaches a cliff where there's a precipice, and that precipice is the void of empirical evidence to support uh, specifically the existence of God. And so at some point, you just have to kind of jump over that and say, okay, I believe in God, so I'm going to jump over this void here, Sure. and I'm going to take that leap of faith, as we all know, and I'll believe in God. Atheism actually requires that kind of leap of faith, too. So that I have to take a leap of faith that I have not found sufficient empirical evidence to prove the existence of God, so therefore I do not believe in God. With that being said, the burden of proof is not on me as an atheist. I am saying that I don't believe something exists because I haven't seen enough empirical evidence. Somebody claiming that something exists then has the burden of, of, of proof. So, What if you, know. you got terrible cancer and people like prayed over you? and the cancer disappeared, would you be like, that is empirical evidence that God exists? No. No, you'd be like, science is cool. I mean, <laughs> okay, so, I mean, here's here's a funny little thing. I'm from the Southeast. Oh, I was boy. born and raised in, in North Carolina. All uh, right. I was born on Fort Bragg. My dad was in the 82nd Airborne. But I was raised in a small town called Wade, and there's like 500 people there. And it Ooh. is very, I mean, I was raised staunch Republican, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh was on the radio every morning, right? So this was my upbringing. Um, Did you believe it I, when I you were in church? It? I was, yeah. Well, I had no, I had no choice. You like, had to believe. You yeah. had to be a Republican, and you had to believe in God. Um, Your parents were like, "This is what you believe." There in. is a you joke amongst many conservatives that I was a liberal, and then I grew up. You know, <laughs> right? I actually went the opposite way. The older I get, the more I travel the world, the more I see, the more what would be defined as liberal I become. I, I don't consider liberal and conservative to be really accurate. I consider sure. myself a conservative person, but I'm not a Republican. Right. You know, um, uh, who is it? I forgot her last name. Rachel, the comedian that goes out um, to uh, Ireland's 32 and a few Pinson? other places. Pinson. She has that joke about using the R word, Republican. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, such yeah. a dirty word now. She, she, she does some great stand-up. I like yeah. her. A little plug for Rachel there. Love you. And I still want my, uh, if you're listening, Rachel, I still want my cover of uh, Give Me That Nut by Easy e on banjo. <laughs> I gave her a banjo and she promised to, to learn to, to uh, like keep practicing. And, yeah, and she, she hasn't... seems like a banjo kind of person. Actually. Yeah, I guess she had it stolen by some Canadians, apparently. This is her story. I'm rehashing her bit. Oh, you know, uh, so. if it was by the Canadians, it was by Elizabeth Stanton. I don't know that Canadian. She's the Canadian. She travels around as a comedian. And I think I gave her a twice. lift to her. Um, no, I think it was a guy that that, that jacked it apparently. But uh, oh, I think boo. Elizabeth. Um, I may have given her a lift from Ireland's Thirty Two one night. Uh, You're all down with the crazy comics. Oh, it's an art form. I mean, I'm an artist too. I'm a yeah. musician, you know. And comedians that's where are... we met because you were playing. You sounded so amazing on Thank stage, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh. 
be shit. Right. right. Come be on the show. And we're, yeah. We'll plug you in. You can play and all that stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Um. So where we were in your yeah, story, you're in Wade. Yeah. yeah okay. And it, there's so, 500 people and you have to be Republican and you have to believe in God. Okay. Well, I didn't have to believe in God. Actually, my, my grandfather really never went to church, you know, Um. but I did believe in God. I was, I was, vehement, I mean, I was, I was a, a devout Christian until the age of 15. Wow. Uh, and, um, what was the original point I was going to make here that, oh, oh, okay. So you're talking about people praying over me, cancer being cured. Um, you know, uh, so I have, I've like so many different responses to that, but I'll tell you this in those churches and I'm sure maybe Bay area churches are the same way, but I have no experience with them. They, they like to do the, the prayer, uh, list, you know, you're going to put oh, you on the sure, prayer list sure. and we're going to pray for you. So what kills me is that apparently your goodness and your, how much you deserve to recover from your illness is based on how many people give you pray points at church, Whoa. right? So little eight-year-old Susie's dying from leukemia, but 85-year-old Betsy, uh, Aunt Betsy is dying from dementia and, you know, uh, Aunt Betsy's in the hospital with pneumonia and she's on her deathbed. She miraculously recovers, but eight-year-old Susie is totally fucked and dies the next day. Oh. God sucks, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's you know true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, my yeah. Res- that's like my first response to that is I just, I throw that out because I don't think that I think prayer is a great thing. I think that it's, you know, uh, uh, being willing to sit down and think about somebody in a positive way is a wonderful thing. Yeah. But it's like the secret. Point, it's like that secret weird stuff, like positive, like all of your thoughts have power. And if you have positive thoughts, then you create positive power. And if you have negative thoughts, then you create negativity. And that, into, I, yes, to, for yourself. For yourself. Yes. But every state that we're in is is purely controlled by ourselves and once we're mindful of that it sort of changes but i i think i think that meditation is cool and that yeah, mindfulness yeah. And prayer but prayer and meditation are very similar and it can be yeah and and it just depends on like which i always thought it was funny that i was taught to pray 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 pray, pray always be praying but then they'd be like oh that that buddhist stuff that's a cult and i'm like yeah, so meditation same. and yeah. mindfulness is the same is it not is it not like the same practice of sitting down for 20 minutes and like although it's different because prayer has like intention and and meditation is supposed to be like emptiness like no intentions like yeah i mean prayer is great um you know, it makes you think about the subject that you're thinking about, but at some point you have to unfold your hands and take your head up off the table and go do what you're praying about. You Uh know, you sit around and pray all day for God to give you money, but what, what creator of the universe that, that created the multiverse, that created everything that exists gives a fuck about your finances. They don't, they don't care about it. About the boys I like. I always prayed to Jesus. Um, cause I, I was boy crazy and I was like, Oh, just let him like me. Just why won't he like me? Your boy crazy hysteria Jesus. that's fixed by clitoral he, stimulation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's look at his fingers. He's great. He's um mm-hmm. it, I always thought it was fun that I get to have a 33-year-old invisible friend. Yeah. As a child. He's and he the, my Jesus looked like this too. He was hot. He was hot Jesus like this. I'm I'm about to make a really terrible joke, but he's also oh, no, hung ahead. like this. Yeah, he's <laughs> hung like this. I got a beard fetish. Yeah. Hot. He's a hot guy. Oh yeah. Um but back to your Republican roots and other things and believing in infrastructure and things. <laughs> I hate that. Was 9 was 911 an inside job? 
I was thinking about it when you were talking about empirical evidence and like the burden of proof and all that. And I was like, has enough proof gone by or is it still a conspiracy? <sighs> That's one of those things where like the, the thing that I have to point out about, uh, you know, be, being an inside job, how many thousands of people would have to actually keep their mouth shut, you know? I mean, that's like people that deny the like going to the moon. Right, you know? I know. But you can How look at the moon it? and see the shit on the moon. Like, can you? you? Yes, the the stuff's still up there. I think really? they brought the flag back, but you can actually see like the landers, or at least at one point you could. Wow. I mean, you can get a telescope and look at the moon and see the stuff up there. Okay, I need to see that because I yeah. was like, I was, I, I mean, I believe in these large Maybe scale not. conspiracies. I don't know. At least at one point, you, I'd I like mean, to you see know, it. Right. I, I'm because I think Stanley Kubrick did an amazing job. <laughs> with, with By the way, I have to rehash on that on that moon stuff real quick. Yeah, yeah. Please. I haven't actually backed that up oh, by okay. doing it, so I, you know, I've just read somewhere that you could. Yeah, I'll believe yeah. it. That's right. the thing. I'll believe anything. Like I'll believe in Jesus. I'll believe in the moon landing. I'll believe not in the moon landing. I'll believe 9/11 was an inside job or that it wasn't. I believe. You tell me about fairies and pixies and unicorns. Sure, I'm in. Like. I think that hippopotami are insane. Like, and look at, there's all sorts of things that, uh, like, I think squids are from an alien planet. I think all cephalopods are actually aliens that landed here in a ship. And that's why they live under the water, because they lived in space. They're space squids. Okay. Right? Because underwater has crazy pressure and weirdness, right? I think that the space squid came, I think all, like, like, our humanoidness, like, we can look at a cat and we're like, well, they have two eyes and a nose, and at least we have that. But motherfucking squid and, like, cuttlefish and fucking octopi, you look at those things, come on. They've got, like, weird eyes on the side of their head. Their mouth is like a beak. Like, what? I mean, chickens have beaks. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I feel like... I mean, in theory, everything is alien to this planet, you know? You think? Well, I mean, the the theory is that, that the planet was seeded by microscopic organisms from, from meteor collisions and then, you know, um, incubated in the primordial supercharged ooze that was, right. you know, uh, I mean, certainly what I think life cropped up on this planet, what is it, it's like the most recent estimates, like a billion and a half years ago or something like Whoa. that. Of course, I mean... You know, it would have been completely malignant to human life at that point. Right. Actually, that's like a blink of an eye. I mean, the universe is estimated to be around 17 and a half million or 20 million, billion, sorry, billion. Billion? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the billion is such a hard number to conceptualize because it's like 999 million plus one. Yeah. No, 999. <laughs> I was going to say 1,000 million. 999,900. And anyways, it's it's so many millions yeah. in a billion mm -hmm. and that it's 17 billion years old. That's like, I can't even, what? I don't know. That's the stuff that makes me go, well, maybe there is a, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, actually, I mean, no, sure. Like I said, I, I won't, I won't argue for or against the existence of God. I'll tell you what I believe sure. and I'll tell you why I think that religion is, is not, um, in, in terms of, I think if we survive ourselves, um, 
because I mean, yeah, we're not going to destroy the planet. We're just going to make the planet malignant for human life. Right, right, right. I mean, right, right, humans right. are actually a really fragile species, especially considering how incredibly successful we are. It takes us nine months to gestate our young, and then, at least in modern terms, 18 years for those little bastards to figure their shit out well enough to survive on their own. I'm sure, right. you know, 20,000 years ago, it was a little faster, you know. Uh, sure, but it's many years because I have a kitten and she is only four months old and she's, she's like a go. cat. Yeah. She's like mm-hmm. a motherfucking cat. Right. She's jumping around doing it. And even when she was tiny, tiny, she was still a cat. She yeah. could feed herself. And it's your little baby, but that cat is a full grown, like instinctive, ready to kill creature. Yeah. You know? Aren't cats, aren't felines the only ones that like torture things just for the pleasure of torturing them well, or something? Well, they're playing. Oh, sure. <laughs> they're, By the way, I'm a dog they're person. Tortured. They're so not let's... torturing. They're just playing. Well, I had a dog once and he murdered a bunny, but he was playing too. We The kids accidentally left the latch to their bunny cage open and he got in there and he... You know, got the bunny in his mouth and like shook it to death. It basically yeah. broke, and he's throwing it up in the air and catching it and throwing it up in the air and catching it with his little doggy mouth. He didn't. He didn't know what he was doing. Like mm-hmm. he was. A, yeah. He was a stone cold killer. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I'm a pit bull person, so yeah. yeah. The little, those little, those little things will get the. My I used to have a dog, Abby. Um, she's probably the last dog I owned, and she. Uh, Oh, she loved running after squirrels. I always wondered what would happen if she ever caught them, but she never did. They're impossible to catch. No. They're, those are, they're like alien. They have opposable thumbs, those squirrels. Crazy. It is so cute to watch like raccoons and squirrels with their cute little thumbs and they've got little fingernails and when they like eat things and, then, and they're like, yeah. and then they stop and they look around. Cause ah! like, <laughs> I love them. Because everything's fight or flight for them, you know? Yeah. The animal kingdom is like, how did the, I mean, I get it why people, why we have to create stories to explain things that are seemingly unexplainable, like just all of the different species that exist. It's, it's mind blowing. Like how, how do we all have these strange differences and grow and came from, you know, oozy gross. I mean, if you don't have the, the education or the knowledge to explain something of course it's like i'm gonna throw a virgin in a in a in a volcanic pit to keep the sun from coming up and going down Mm. every day you know like what the changing of the seasons like when people didn't have a scientific explanation for the world spinning around and the seasons and how the sun works and stuff i could totally understand getting on board with a community that was like Hey, every year at this time, we throw somebody in the lake or right. throw them in the volcano or murder them and spill their blood all over this special rock yeah. so that the sun will come up. I would I would probably believe that. Was it the Aztecs or the Mayans or some Central American uh, civilization that think they thought a giant frog was trying to swallow the moon so they would sacrifice some humans? There was another where I guess they would... So my buddy uh, was telling me about this. Um, so this is unconfirmed, unfact-checked anything, but I guess it was maybe the Aztec. They would take a young man and a young woman and raise them in complete, like, just absolute luxury. Everything they ever wanted, anything they wanted, 
knowing that they were going to be very painfully sacrificed, skinned, and then the like the priest was going to wear their skin. Oh my god! But they'd probably volunteer for it. They'd be like, "I get to be the special skin uh, person." I think it was it was supposed to be considered, yeah, like uh, an I, honor. I, well, I don't think they had the choice of volunteer. I don't know, oh. but I know that that I mean, human sacrifice has been a thing that's been going on. I mean, arguably, Jesus Christ was a human sacrifice. You know. <sighs> so then, what is it about? our nature that when we create stories or myths or things that we follow, why is there this sacrifice involved? Like there's so much sacrifice in religion in that like Lent, you have to give something up for Lent. I mean, there's all kinds of sacrifice in, in Islam, like what they have that Ramadan thing where you can't eat during the day. You have to fast. Mm -hmm. And there's all these kind of like, I mean, somehow we've got this idea of purification and sacrifice together like even like as an artist people go well you have to sacrifice for your art you have to be a starving artist no i just do a lot of drugs (laughs) yeah is that how you come up with most of your songs no most of my songs are um well actually alcohol is probably my 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 best lubricant for writing which is really unfortunate because it's also the thing that i have to stay away from like i'm not i've never been um, physically addicted to it. I don't sure. know how, which is, is really I amazing to me, way. but yeah. I've, I've dealt with extreme bouts of depression, um, you know, major depressive. It's, it is a depressant, but, and that's crazy. But it's not because of alcohol. I'm drinking because I'm depressed. So once oh. I, once I address the depression, I can just literally, I will stop the alcohol in a day and not touch it again. I haven't, I didn't have a drop of booze for six months. What? So I went through a period between the beginning of April and probably mid-August where I drank I'm not you take take my word you know choose to believe it or not but I was drinking over a fifth and a half a gin a day Whoa. And, um, and so so you were just day like, drinking you were day drinking yes yeah and I mean yeah throughout the day uh and there was a point where I, I, I took uh, what's called repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation um, which is actually a great treatment for depression it's not a cure but it basically uses magnetism to to stimulate the mood center of your brain um it sounds like it's quackery but it's it's really not like no, been I, using hey, it in your, yeah cool. if, if you struggle with depression it's something to look into um uh, i paid for it out of pocket which was really expensive because my fucking insurance company wouldn't cover it uh, fuck you, Etna. I, you and, know, uh, but magnets are better than Prozac. I believe I would. I would rather be sort of magnetized and reprogrammed that way mm-hmm. than to take Prozac for the rest of my life. And it's not even reprogramming. Like you still have to talk to a psychiatrist once a week while you're. It's very intensive. It's five days a week for six weeks, Ooh. and it's twenty minutes. Just you know, and you you drive yourself there and you leave. There's another one called like ECT or something, but that it's like these electro electric cathodes that they put in your brain don't sure, don't, don't do that, that one. like magnets that one, yes electricity no yeah i mean it, it's been helpful for some but that i think it's called ect anyway it, it that one's um that one's pretty 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 nasty uh tms is completely non-intrusive Great. like it, it's just it, it just takes your time that's all so when you were drinking a fifth of gin a day more than more than that yeah. were you having a job I was at work, yeah. I was programming wow. computers. I had just gotten out of the military, actually. Wow. I was I was in the Coast Guard for 10 years. I got out. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel like your depression stems from being in the Coast Guard? No. I no. mean, it was, exa- it was exacerbated by military service, but no. I had a brutal childhood. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't, and, uh, you know. 
Yeah. No. Hey, I got you. I, so I get depressed because alcohol is a depressant. So, but it doesn't, when I drink, I'm having a great time. But then the next day mm-hmm. I'm like super depressed. Right. I'm a hungover. Uh, but then B, I get super down on myself. Mm-hmm. I usually start mm-hmm. to cry. I feel like I'm a terrible person. And then I remind myself alcohol is a depressant. Right. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, from alcohol. So then I, it makes me want to drink more. Cause I'm like, I have so much more fun when I'm drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't had anything to drink in a while. So, uh, yeah, I quit in August and then it was literally just like, um, I mean, there was a concern in my head that I was going to become dependent, physically sure. dependent. Sure. And, uh, so I just, I just dropped it right about mid August. And I had a little bit over Christmas period, but then, um, uh, which is funny because I am an atheist. I don't even celebrate Christmas, but you know. But it's uh, a good fun party. Well, all the people around yeah, me do. People, yeah, that's I mean, good uh, stuff. My family's all on the East Coast, so. Um, but I, I have some adopted families, I think, and uh, so I um. Yeah, I just dropped it. Um, and. Uh, but I met but you the, in a bar. Pro- How does that work? If you're. I don't drink. You don't drink yeah. in the bar. You just play your music and hang out. <gasps> Sometimes I'm on mushrooms. Oh, that's nice. A lot of my, I love mushrooms or yeah. acid. A little bit of LSD from time to time. Wow. Yeah. And you hang out at the bar. Mm-hmm. See, I have, a, I have a joke I do sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I'm a comedian with an alcohol problem or an alcoholic with a comedy problem. Yeah. Because all of my, I spend so much time in bars just doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, at open mics and doing comedy and all that. So, but I, I mean, I would say I if you were, if you were happy with what you were doing, then, then okay. But the fact that you have this agony the day after, it means you yeah. probably should look into, but I, but, but before you, you just like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to give misinformation to people, but a lot of times what they're finding is that like treating alcoholism, a lot of people are depressed and then they turn to alcohol. Sure. Some people are depressed because of the alcohol, but, but, you know, look into treating whatever depression issues you might have. If there's something right. in your life that's causing you pain and anxiety, you know, look into that first and this, this consider, radio station, <laughs> consider, you know, you've got marijuana, consider microdosing on occasion. I like to do a little mushroom trip once, like a, like a big one once in a while, sure. you know, to, kind of press reset. Yeah. I think it, um, the last one I did was a couple of months ago. I'm, I'm due for another one. Um, it's just hard to find the time to, 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 night, to put I mean, aside like, well, I'd have to take, I, cause every, I guess I could, I guess I could do comedy on mushrooms. That might be interesting. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> every you, Friday you would, I have I, a show. I'm talking so about like, like, yeah, well you microdosing maybe if you sure, did like sure. a half a gram or something, you yeah. just get like a nice warm little glowy feeling. You know? Right. And do comedy, yeah. uh, being all confused. You'd probably want to more talk about how much you love everyone in the room than actually making a funny joke. But yeah. Yeah. I don't, Hey, I don't know. I, I just run, run my script. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and rewind. So I, uh, speaking of scripts, uh, you brought your guitar. Do you want to play some songs? Uh, I mean, I could, yeah, I could sit back from the mic a little bit. Well, I, yeah. And I have another mic that I can move around or whatever, but, or we could keep talking. It's up to you. I, I'm leaving it open. We're, we're all over the, either or this I mean, show is much, all over the place. Well, how much longer is Oh, this? we have a half hour. We have plenty of time. Oh yeah. We can do a few maybe towards the end. Okay, um, great. Well, but yeah, so out, that's, that's the unfortunate reality of alcohol for me is it, it is, it's my creative lubricant. When I'm drunk, right. I can, I can 
just sit and write and write and write. And I mean, nine tenths of it might be garbage, but you got that one. They got that ten percent. That's it's like, oh wow. The next morning, you're like, oh shit, man, that was. Worth oh, did I? Did, did drunk me write this? That's yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, actually, most of my songs were finished on on you know while I was on a buzz, while I was on a drunk. Um, I mean, I don't know. Hemingway was the same way, right? Absolutely. You know? and we saw how yeah. it ended. Right. Well, and a lot of. Uh... A lot of writers. I, I was a poet for quite some time, and that's one of the things. Is like you get to be drunk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the beauties of poetry. Um, yeah, but my stuff was, and people like that depressing, weird stuff. I mean, oh, it's cathartic. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the studies have shown that depressing music doesn't make you more depressed. Uh-huh. Ah. Yeah. I mean, my my music arguably is depressing. You know, I mean, my <laughs> the first song on my this album I I just released yesterday. Um, oh. Congratulations. Right. Uh, well, it went through CD Baby as a di- digital distribution. Uh, so the hard copies aren't ready yet. Uh, we're still working on on that. But um, uh, you will be able to download, I think, another 24 hours and, the, and everything should be public. It'll be on Amazon Music and Google Play and Apple and all that other stuff. Cool. You know, ready to go. Ready for you to, to give me my nine-tenths of a penny per listen, you know. On is that stre- what it is? That's Streaming great. services, yeah. It, uh, so if you guys are, if there's any independent musicians out there, make sure you register your stuff with ASCAP, BMI, or Sound Exchange. ASCAP or BMI and Sound Exchange. Because um, then you definitely get you get your those are your royalty people yeah i think it's called like an rto or something i can't remember now but so and cd baby is is probably the the leader in the industry leader in like independent publishing how do you so you have to register your song so that it's name but they do it's like so every time it gets airplay of any kind well but only digital airplay no, ASCAP or BMI handles like bars, radio play. I, I'm not exactly sure how it works. Just like wow. I know that ASCAP would collect royalties if you're if you have radio time. But yeah, Sound Exchange is for uh, internet radio or like so that you can get formats. paid for your music right. because it just seems like being a musician is so hard now. It's not the way it used to be. Like where yeah. you get discovered and then they pay for everything and then you get they take care of you i don't know how was it i mean i think it's still <laughs> that way to some degree i mean it it's 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 hit or miss and this is my first like real venture into all of this my first album was 10 years ago i really oh, didn't wow. do anything with it um and i'm just now like realizing that i i have the potential to to be a musician like a full-time and that's what you're musician. if you could look 10 years in the future from now you'd like to see yourself yeah traveling around the world you know but uh, you playing can travel music. around the world now and play music. Just, well, I mean, I do. Yeah. Well, oh, I you can't do. now. I'm broke now. But oh. when I was in the military, I did. Oh, wow. I would always work two jobs. I'd work like evening jobs. Um, and then I would save up my money and I'd, or I'd take out a loan like, and then go travel somewhere. And I'd always like... Um, Where have you been? List mm, off some places. Some of your favorite. Personally? Yeah. Some of your I've favorite. actually been to a... Like, so I, I would travel once a year to Europe. But for I how long? Two weeks at a time. All right, but all I right. would stay in one place for two weeks. Cool. So I've been to the Netherlands, Estonia, Tallinn, Estonia is, is like Estonia? probably one of my favorite places. I'm Poland. a I'm an I'm an idiot. Where is Estonia? Uh, it's it right below the nutsack of Finland. So oh, there's the Baltic Sea there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's north. It's like right on the west coast of uh, Russia or west border of Russia. Okay, okay. Um, Estonia with an E. I think it's, E-S-T- I know what it is. Yes. I, I, okay. Estonia, yeah. Estonia. That's also uh, where um, the uh, Encino Man was. Remember that, that what was it called? Uh, it had Polly Shore yeah, and, and, uh, uh, and Brendan Fraser. Yes, Encino Man. Yeah, he was right. from Estonia. 
That's so. That's funny. what that well. That's that what he kept joke. telling everybody. Yeah, he was like, "Hell, he's he's from Estonia, man." Because nobody could. Get well, him. and it's funny because it's stone. Yeah. And oh yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. Being polite, sure was very stoned all the time. Why did you choose to go to Estonia? I'm very interested. in Okay, that. I who, who I goes? met a woman from Estonia while I lived oh. in Hawaii. So I was stationed in Hawaii for four years. I became friends uh, with a, a young woman, Magritte, and um, actually it was funny. She came over to a party that. Uh, um, in tow, uh, being towed there actually by this, this guy that was in the Navy. So I was in the Coast Guard and I lived with a couple of Navy guys and we lived in this big house, um, that, uh, it was like 3,500, 4,000 square feet, you know, it had a yeah. pool, a two car garage. I mean, it was $4,000 a month, but you know, there were four of us so we could sure. afford it. Yeah. And, um, so we always had these, you know, great house parties, you know, we had a, a, a bar lounge area that like, it was, a, there was an official bar built in the house. Uh, we had so, two living rooms, two in dining Hawaii. rooms. So yeah, cool. it was, it was hot. It was a great place. And so we'd always have parties and, uh, you know, we're, and, and this, this like blonde woman shows up and she was really attractive, blue eyes, you know, I'm like, Oh, who's that? You know, she was good looking. And she was real quiet and just sitting by herself. Well, this Navy guy that had brought her over was one of those, like, he was this portly pudgy son of a bitch that like always, always had some story about some outlandish shit that he'd done, you know, how he was a, like, uh, you know, a, uh, like a, a master diver and all this. And, and you just look at him and you're like, no, bro, you weren't, you weren't any, you weren't a fucking Navy SEAL. Shut up. You know, <laughs> you weren't any of these goddamn right. things. And you're so a good liar and you get the chicks. Right. And I was so annoyed by this man. So I basically went and sat down beside her on the couch and I'm like, what the fuck is with this guy? And she's like, you know, and this really thick accent was basically like, I have no idea. And so I'm like, Oh shit, you're not American. Like, you know, where are you from? I was like, Oh, I'm from Estonia. And we started talking and, um, and we basically started hanging out. And I mean, this guy got really pissed cause like the rest of the night she just spent hanging out with me and I, I broke out the guitar, you know, yeah, I played some music, right. Yeah. You know, um, uh, she and I have never like, there was nothing romantic. There it was, it was, a, well, I mean, I think we'd thought about it, but she actually had a boyfriend back in Estonia, you know, blah, blah, <laughs> fucking whatever, you know, the old boyfriend in Estonia. Yeah. Yeah. That line. old, that old, <laughs> that old bit, you know, um, <laughs> So you went to visit her in Estonia. Yeah, she left Hawaii because she was just there for school and uh, she was in college and, um, you know, uh, she left. I said, I'll come visit you. And she's like, all right, cool. Peace. You know, I dropped her off at the airport even, I think. And uh, and then uh, like a year and a half later, I sent her an email, not even still sure if that was her valid email. I'm like, you remember me? And she's like, oh, yeah, you were that guy that I used to go to the shows and he had a great voice and everything. I'm like, oh, sweet, cool. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm coming to Estonia. So it was just like a random, I had a break. Uh, I was actually married at the time. My ex, formerly known as wife, was uh, was being the disastrous <laughs> uh, person that she was. And I decided um, we were going to separate. And I said, you know what? Go to Since I'm ending this relationship, I'm going to go to Europe, you know, and so I did and I went to Estonia and uh, she was busy with work and stuff and she had a boyfriend at the time, he was a pretty cool dude uh, and um, and so... What language do they speak? Estonian. Oh, fuck, what? <laughs> and Russian. Yeah. Okay, Russian, yeah. okay. Yeah. Did they, anybody speak, did everyone speak English? What's that? And when you were in Estonia, did everyone speak English or did they not? For the most all? part, yeah. Really? Uh, the older generations didn't, no. But <sighs> so, I mean, that, that was kind of the thing. I, I, I stayed at a hotel in the middle of Old Town. So that was another appealing factor was the Tallinn, this, the capital city, Tallinn, 
is uh, has has an old town which is like basically built up on a castle. You know? Oh, so and cool. so there's still like these ancient walls. They've they've refurbished some of it, but like everything's kind of made to match that decor and they've extended some of it, cut back on other things, but for the most part, like there's still these ancient buildings, you know. So cool. Some of them are four, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred like years Game old. Game of you know? Thrones. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and uh and so uh but modernized. And so, you know, that was one of those appealing things. I'm a huge fan of history, archaeology. And so um uh, so, you know, when I went, uh, I stayed at this place called Barron's Hotel, which was actually where Barron's used to stay. And so they now have in the basement, they'd taken this old vault where all these wealthy aristocratic people used to keep their money because you had to bring your money with you at one sure. point before, you know, modern electronic banking, which money arguably isn't even necessary anymore. Like actual physical money, you right. know, yeah. you could, we could potentially move to a world economy where that would be gotten rid of. We just, you know? Yeah, just little numbers that float through the air. It's so and dumb. Essentially, that's everything it is now. I mean, yeah. everything's done electronically. But anyway, so now there's just like this huge vault that they just turned Should into they... a cigar parlor, you know? Oh, like, so yeah, cool. Yeah. And so there was a the guy wandered around. I found this little coffee shop, like it's called Chocolat de Pierre, de, de Pierre or something like that. And, uh, and, and it was back in this beautiful little alleyway which is all cobblestone and you know these everything was was this uh the old buildings and cobblestone and there were all these vines growing up along the buildings and and you know uh they'd set it up so that they had um, wires that the vines were going across and so everything was so covered cool. by vines and it was yeah. this beautiful little spot i'm like oh my god i'm gonna go here and, and hang out and i walk in and um you know i i kind of look at the menu and i yeah, like I, I don't, I don't like drinking espresso. I like to nurse my coffee. Sure. So I have this problem when I go to Europe that you have to order, you have to figure out how to tell them you want a cafe americano. Most places will serve that to you. Yeah. I've had to go places like in France where you have to explain to them what the fuck you mean. Like you know? more water. Yeah. They're like just put hot water in an espresso. Just make me a double and put hot water in it right. in a bigger cup. We're good. And so. um and I sat down outside and there was this woman sitting there and I had worked out like a, a couple of Estonian phrases and I, you know, like worked up the nerve and like, okay, I'm going to say it. And I started to say it and I completely butchered it. I don't remember what it was. And she, she literally patted me on the head and was like, it's okay. We speak English. And, like, ah! and uh, that was Kiku. I call her Kiku. Her name is Christina. And she's this wonderful Estonian woman who's very macabre. She's actually really sweet, but she always acts David, I'm so depressed. <laughs> Let me tell you, David. You know, but she's actually really, really sweet. Estonia. Mm -hmm. so I, I really like traveling places. I'm such a, I'm such a lazy person. I really like enjoy traveling places where they speak English. That's why I like mm -hmm. the Netherlands. Yeah, I've been, to the, been there. A couple Greece. Times, yeah. They all speak English, but yeah. in Italy, they don't. Well, even if they speak English, they don't want to speak English nah, with you. Man. And so I, I had a lot of trouble there. But so more places you've been. I was really interested in that Estonia thing. I don't even think I've heard of that. I went to Warsaw for two weeks. But that's the thing. Poland. I always spend two weeks at one place. So it's it's expensive trips. I don't travel around a lot. But, you know, yeah. So oh. Warsaw, that was nice. But um, everyone is beautiful there, aren't they? Yeah. Blonde, blue eyed, yeah. beefy people. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like I've watched their soccer team. It's USSR, you know. Like 
those places. I mean, when you when you walk around these cities that were once a part of the USSR, it, like they look Soviet. You know, really, they have those Soviet style apartment complexes where everything's just just straight edges up and down, like the little buildings. I mean, yeah. it's kind of here, like the same thing here, but we try to at least you know, like spice it up a little bit. Maybe you know, make them not instead of perfect rectangular square blocks. We try to you know, I don't right. know, add a little something to them or a little splash of color here and there but it's it's little boxes on the hillside uh, you have to see it but all of the stereotypical like imagery of of soviet russia being this this drab you know cloudy grayish place where everybody's nobody smiles and everyone smokes cigarettes fucking true man it's fucking true so where other places you've done that's already that's a lot you specifically Uh, like europe best have you ever been to asia Yes, I have. Ooh. I've been to Thailand a couple of times. Oh, wow. My son lives in Siberia. You have in Siberia. a son? Yeah. He lives in Siberia with, his, with Babushka and his mother. <laughs> Literally Siberia. Yeah. Uh, Novosibirsk, Russia, which is like the third largest city in Russia. Wow. Which isn't saying much. There's only like a million and a half people there, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was a you know, relationship. I wasn't planning on having children, but surprise, she was. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. old is your son? He's a year and a half, almost two. He'll be two in a couple oh, of months. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Siberia. And so do you go back to Siberia often? I haven't had the money recently. Um, and when I was in the Coast Guard, it was really difficult to to travel. I mean, they, they, to Russia specifically, they, um, when he was born, I, I went over there for three weeks to make sure I was there when he was born. And, um, not that I needed to be, I mean, he would have been fine either way, but, um, What's well, good? You feel some responsibility. Well, it's more. It's it's less about responsibility. I mean, because because legally, I don't have to do anything. Because she lives in Siberia. She lives in Russia. Yeah, and there's no there's no like as far as I know, there's no there's no law like there's no um, what's the international statute? Yeah, yeah, between like, Russia and the United States. Like like there are certain countries in Europe and places like that where if you have a child to an American or vice versa, you have legal precedent to go after that person for child support and huh. so on and so forth. And I don't think Russia has that. I think like if she just disappeared with my son, I, I could reach out to the Red Cross and a few, I've heard horror stories. Wow. So I'm really fortunate because I don't think she, she doesn't talk to me anymore, his mother. Oh. But his grandmother is every day, David, uh, Skype with Julian. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. So I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You have a really interesting life. Uh, like you've lived. I call you it chaos. <laughs> but you don't even look. I was get, trying to guess your age and you look like between 28 and 34. 36. Okay. You look, you're so young. Like how is all this? So you, when you were in the Coast Guard, you were like, this is straight out of high school. I have this innate fear of, of dying without having lived huh so i i realized at one point and and because of my childhood and the way thing you know uh, there was a lot of abuse and in very extreme verbal emotional physical abuse and and i basically got out of my own and was so scared to do anything i mean i i but as i got older i realized holy shit i haven't lived yet i haven't done anything that i consider valuable i need inspiration i need stories to tell i need ideas i need thoughts i need to to interact with people i need to get fucking laid by women that aren't in this fucking country i don't know or you know i just you know i mean sex is always a part of it everybody acts like sex is so shallow sex is fucking human sex is beautiful man it's it's yeah and it's, it's your own vacation in europe you know 
Oh, yeah, cool. man. I mean, when I was in Estonia, this redheaded Finnish woman took me for a couple of rides, you know? Ah! And then I saw her pregnant on Facebook a couple of months oh, later. No. And it was somebody else. Oh, I contacted God. her. I was like, is that mine? She's like, no, you're fine. I was like, okay. Wow, that's got to be scary stuff. Nah, I mean, you know, I, mean, yeah. I didn't want kids, but I was like, sure. well, oh, you know, yeah. I just need to make sure that I know. And, and Right, exactly. But it's like with the Russian woman, I was actually dating her. We were in a relationship, sure. you know. And... uh yeah, so Thailand. Uh, I've been to Japan. Um, Kwajalein, Pohnpei. Uh, What's Pohnpei? Pohnpei is... Uh, Never heard those, it's that a, word like before. It's like a Micronesian, Polynesian island. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Palau, um, uh, Tonga, Fiji, um, and then... Uh, Dang. Samoa. What's the best food you've eaten on your trip? In all the countries you've had food because obviously you're eating there what's your favorite thing that you've had that you can oh. think of where you're like that's not you can't get it here oh i mean that's that's, like that's one of those things about the u.s <laughs> is that like i mean with the exception of the fact that we take a, like food from other places and then twist it a little bit the united states especially living in a place like san francisco or at hawaii where i was at you get genuine food from other parts of the world all the time. So there's really nowhere I've been where I've experienced a kind, I mean, obviously I'm going to Europe too. And, and you know, that food just came right over here. I mean, maybe it's different. You know, we obviously, uh, uh, American commercialism slash consumerism likes to change everything to make it American. Like pizza in in Italy is not going to be the same as pizza here. Right. Chocolate croissants in France are totally different than chocolate. But I haven't experienced any kind of food that was so off the rails. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the world. It certainly does, but I haven't been anywhere where I couldn't, you know, just eat. I mean, um, there were places where the good food was ridiculously cheap. Uh, I was in Golfito, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah, went there a couple of times. Um, and uh, Golfito is like the quintessential definition of like a, a banana republic. You okay. Know? Like, a, like the, there was one point where fruit was a big thing there and then the fruit company, you know, moved out and now it's just this impoverished Aww. small town. But it's great. The people there were wonderful and um, they're not supposed to know. We I was there for port calls and so they're not, you know, we, we resupply the ship and everything and uh, – and they're not supposed to know, no one's supposed to know when you're, you're coming, but you have to call ahead and book fuel. You have to call right. ahead and book food. And so the word would get out. And when we'd pull up, there would be all of these shops, like little tent shops opened up on the pier, ready sure. for Americans with money to get off the ship, you know, and or just people with money, really. And my favorite was always this little stall with this tiny little Hispanic woman that was, you know, uh, she looked Native American. You know, she looked like she was from Central America. You know, she was like the quintessential, you imagine an old woman, an old a small woman from Central America. This was her. And on one half of the booth, she had, she had like rosary, you know, uh, what are the, uh, like crucifixes and religious. And on the other half was some of the most hardcore pornography I've ever wow. seen. They were like, they were like the front covers of these DVDs had women standing beside horses. Like, wow. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, sure. dude, this wow. little old lady would sell you whatever shit you wanted. She'd sell you the sin and then she'd sell you the repentance for it. That's hilarious. And it was great. You know, that's yeah. funny. Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So you've just been all over the world. And yeah. I can't believe, Not like, well. yeah. where's your next trip? Where are you planning to go? Um, I, my next yet? trip would, uh, well, I'm hoping to take my music to Europe gotcha. um, for like a European tour. Uh, and 
And so I'm kind of looking at my connections in Estonia. I mean, I, this is this is really a ride that I've never taken before. So this is the first time I'm really going to get behind my album. I'm going to push it. I'm going to try my best to promote it. I suck at promoting myself. I'm like, who the fuck wants to look at pictures of my ugly ass? You know? <laughs> you're actually, you're good looking. I, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you're not that, an ugly person. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> In my head, I am, you know, I mean, you have to convince yourself of all of these things, right? Because everybody else in the world can think you're beautiful. If you think you're ugly, then you're ugly, you know, I mean, that's and that that is the disaster of the impact that was left on me from the abusive adults in my childhood. It's like they did me no favors. And uh, but um, um, yeah, I'm coming, you know, I have a great photographer. She uh, can I plug people? Yeah, absolutely. her, her, uh, Her her business she well her name is an alias Josie but it's alias Josie uh and she owns peekaboo peekaboo studios in uh Walnut Creek and she does boudoir photography cool but she has done promotional shoots and she just does it for free I've known her for probably 20 years I met her back in North Carolina lost touch with her nine years later I get stationed in the Bay Area and I remember when she left North Carolina she's like I'm going to the to the Bay Area. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Bay Area? And she's like, oh, it's Northern California. I mean, where are all those hippie tards are from, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, where, where's that, ca- the left coast, you know? And um, so I never, I just, I put it out of my mind, yeah. you know? And then nine years later, I realized, oh, wait a minute, I'm stationed in a Bay Area in Northern California. Oh, shit. And so I, I had to look up like three degrees of Facebook friends. Sure. But I found her. And That's she great. was here. And that actually has, we've reconnected like instantly her, the guy she's now married to was dating at the time. Um, Jake is uh, magnificent, you know, had no problems with this dude just showing up being like, Hey, I'm, you know, blast from the past. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Sure. no jealousy issues. No, like who the fuck is this schmuck? Like instant friends. Um, and uh, they, you know, because they're in a healthy relationship, I have no idea what that's like. like what a healthy, <laughs> you know, relate like you. I can, I can be within right. a relationship with somebody I trust enough, you know, to like yeah, meet their. But I mean, you, uh, Christina and I uh, have been friends, like platonic friends, you know. And she's probably the. It's it's strange to have like. It's almost like a platonic romance. I, I don't know how else to explain no, it. No, like, no, I get. I have a right. lot of friends that are men that we don't do anything yeah i mean i have just no hang out uh, there's no like sexual designs on them but no. you enjoy spending time with them right and, but i i feel yeah. like uh, you know i, I it's called friendship yeah it's really <laughs> i yeah. think that's what it's called i mean uh. and it's it's not outside of you know basic human nature to you know especially if you're heterosexuals you know a man and a woman to hang out and you know, yeah. people be concerned with what, you know, that tension there or their partners or I mean, that, that's all part of the natural human state, I think. Uh, sure. But, but if you have enough trust in the relationship, you're like, yeah. I have friends that are my, I'm, oh. my boyfriend's the same way. I have a and, boyfriend, but I hang out with, you see the guys I hang out with. I hang out with fucking Nathan fucking and comedians, Sam. Man. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, Sam's, yeah, I mean, Sam's always drunk every time I see him, but he's a good looking guy. You little know? Sammy and yeah. Nathan. Nathan, Nathan Bar- with his Republican My God, I yeah. know. He looks like, he has that really funny joke there where he's like, when people will say, hey, where did you serve? Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't even serve at Denny's. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite jokes. Oh, uh, I haven't heard that one It's yet. really funny. I've heard most of his, most of his stuff. Yeah. Um, I know, because he's new. He doesn't have that much stuff yet. Yeah. Well, uh, was it Victoria? Is that the, the short, um, I think she's Indian or something like that? Uh, Victoria is her name. I, mm-hmm. I don't know her last name. Solorzano, I think, oh, is her last yeah. name. 
I love her bits. And it's gotten to the point where I've heard her enough that if she gets stuck and doesn't know what to do next, I have like a favorite bit that I can yell out. That's you know? so Like she has funny. the, the reneging bit, you know, where you say something negative to or negging somebody is like hitting on them basically by saying something negative. Right. And she has a whole bit, which I won't repeat because she does it better than I ever would. But, you know, if you ever get a chance to check out Victoria, like go see her because she's really funny. She's really, there, there's a lot of great comedians in the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, for and, better well, or worse. And they've been, they've been running that ireland's 32 room and i and i love it because i live on geary street mm-hmm. so it's easy but it's terrible because it's always really late night yeah and then i'm there until like two right and that's not good you know you don't you don't <laughs> have to be you know no well, but if the mic starts at midnight like or right. it starts at, well I'm i mean i i play there from uh eight to to 11 or eleven thirty. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a long set no that's normal i i've always played three or four hour sets wow do they mm-hmm. pay you they're supposed to, yeah. Um, you do it for the love of it, or you're doing it now. You can sell oh, your no, CDs. Oh no, I I don't I don't I don't play live shows for the love of it. I play it for money. Oh okay, good. Like I, I'm I'm a musician, right? You know, um, I don't I don't like the and and that's really been a struggle. Is um, and I've heard it's even worse in places like L.A. You know, but it, so for where I'm from, like the bar pays you. Like I, I you know I. I was raised in, in Wade, but I, I basically moved into the town of Fayetteville. <laughs> Anybody uh-huh. who's in the army knows where Fayetteville's yeah, at. Vietnam, as everybody calls it. <laughs> and um, those bars there, like they expect that if they're going to have a band, it doesn't matter what your draw is. They're going to pay you a flat rate, usually like 300 bucks for the band or something. Wow. And then, and you play. Yeah. I come here and I start trying to get into the live music scene and they're like, oh, well, hmm, you can play for free if you want to. Or now I'm, I got caught up in one of those fucking pay to play things. Ladies and gentlemen, if somebody tells you that you owe them money, if you don't sell a certain number of tickets, that's called pay to play. Yeah. It's a fucking scam. Bring your shows. Do it. Don't right? do bring a, bring your shows because they make money off you. Right. Off you and off your friends. And it's yeah. one of those things where if you want someone to pay 20 bucks because that, and you're not going to see any of that money, you might as well just bring them all over to right. your house and ask them for $10. Right. You might as well take your friends and be like, will you give me $10? Yeah. It's, it's where well, you have to sell like 35 <laughs> yeah. tickets. If you sell less than that, you owe them the difference. You get to keep whatever's beyond the 35, but not up to the but 35. Not up to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's, it's awful. You, you will not gain anything from that. You will not gain recognition. You will not gain notoriety you will not gain an audience you will gain more from just doing all the hoof beating you would have to do to sell those 35 tickets is going to gain you more than actually selling the 35 tickets so yeah. if you're willing to go out and hoof beat you know to to make that to hustle that just don't get involved with the scam you know right yeah right so um no but pe- usually like percentages of the bar is what everybody uh, seems but really out here it's so competitive that if you don't have an audience to generate if you can't show the bar that that um your you know, draw your draw then yeah. then the, the, they're not going to hire you so that's that's what i'm struggling with now on social media i suck at it so. i know i suck at it too it's the same thing with comedy is like if you have to i mean you if you well that's why open mics suck is that basically you're bringing in business to the bar but it's comedians and then the mm-hmm. comedians don't necessarily buy stuff right. like i buy things yeah. that not every comedian does and you'll see them go upstairs and never come over, down same thing with music open mics yeah. too yeah so mm-hmm. it's like what's the benefit of the bar and even having you there right if you're not going to bring money to the bar cuz that's right. what they want it's like mm-hmm. the only reason they want live music is that they want people to come in and cuz music you know is the well, sometimes it's, it's, um, 
I know that that some places will use open mics as cedars. Mm. Like if so, that's where they they draw their their acts from. You know, oh. uh, so there is a benefit there. You cool. know, uh, and I would assume that's same with comedians too. Yeah. Uh, that's not always the case, um, but uh, you know, I, I mean, like there was a there was a great open mic that had been run for years in Walnut Creek every Monday night. It got shut down for karaoke. You know. Oh. And the thing was, I can't believe that on a Monday night, I mean, people would be in there drinking, like 10, 20, 30 people with drinks in their hands. Like, I mean, I would go in there and spend money on alcohol. It wasn't just one of those open mics where all the musicians were there and nobody drinking water, drinking water yeah, or soda yeah. or something. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it, I, I think that that one of the unfortunate realities, like if I ever run an open mic again, which I have done open mics in the past, I've run them. I would try to set up where you pay $5 at the door and you get to come in. If you don't drink, we keep your five bucks. If you do drink, we give you a drink. Your first drink is on the house. That's you know? a great right. idea. Yeah. That's a great and, fucking idea. And, and especially if, if there's coffee too or something. Right. Cause most musicians don't want to drink. Like I don't drink, but I will go I will go make sure that I buy something that costs money from the bar while I'm sure. there. Like I've had that problem many times because I don't drink. So do you have coffee? No, we don't have coffee. Well, can I just buy a drink and then the next person gets a free drink? I don't know. Yeah, which make that's sense, great right? too. I've, I've done that at Ireland's because you have to have a certain amount on your card and I've oh, I gotten a key. I have never drank at Ireland's. You just work there. I've never had yeah. a drink from that place, no. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't drink. You just don't drink anymore. I would, but I mean, also, I live in Walnut Creek, so I have to drive oh, home at night. Oh, you live in Walnut Creek. I grew up in Danville. It's really oh, close yeah. to Walnut So did my roommate, yeah. Yeah. His parents own a house in Danville that's now worth like millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They bought it back in the 60s or 70s, oh, you know. Oh, God, for like $10,000 right. or something insane. like 75-year-old British man. It's yeah, funny. smart people. It's, it's yeah. like Disneyland over there in Danville. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, it wasn't Walnut even Creek being too. smart back then. It was just being, a, you know like middle-class American, you know, that's, that's what they were doing was just living the middle-class lifestyle. If you get a job, you get a 30 year mortgage and you pay it. You, you know? drive in or you take the BART in all the way from Walnut I Creek drive. to work at Ireland's. I drive. Yeah. It's, it's at wow. night. I mean, I, I come in at like seven, so the traffic's not bad. Wow. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. cool. I mean, Walnut Creek, unfortunately, because of all the uppity crack ass motherfuckers out there, like, uh, <laughs> They don't want like oh my god the musician is so loud I was trying to eat my my carb free tacos and, uh, <laughs> and lettuce wrap tacos and he was just so loud I mean I I you know like all the places when I started playing live again and I got my business cards together I went to all these places that used to have live music and they were like no we cut it we cut it out I'm like fucking really man yeah and like one place was this Mexican restaurant right well Mex American restaurant right from my down the street from my house like oh the audience was complaining it was too loud i'm like fucking crackers man like you know, <laughs> they're, they're joyless white people yeah joyless soulless sucking the, yeah sucking yeah. the soul out of everything but i mean uh you know oakland and places like that i i i'm just ramping up my efforts so yeah you know, yeah well let's hear let's hear some of your music sure let's play it let's bring it i'll bring this microphone over and uh, all this stuff we'll give you both mics I had just changed the strings on my guitar, so cool. we'll do a real quick tune-up. We'll do a sound check. Yeah. Guitar tuning, my favorite part of the entire... It's an ancient Chinese song. 
uh, yeah, so for everybody to remember, it's David Brown, and yeah. you can get his new album on CD Baby. Yeah, um, well, I just got, yeah. Uh, and you can also go to go to my website, uh, waywardblues.com. The name of the album is Wayward Blues and Company Presents David Brown. Yeah, so um, I actually started an LLC. Wow. I'm waiting on the state to get back with my official papers so I can go get a business credit card and start spending money. Way, Wayward Blue? Wayward Blues, yeah. Blues, six Dot degrees com. in the Albany Blues Club presents the way... Oh no! So I see your dot com. I'm, I was looking for for you on Facebook, and you don't exist. David Brown dot Wayward Blues on Facebook. Yeah. I'll just sit back a little bit from the mics, and maybe they can both pick me up. Oh yeah, we're getting you. Okay. So uh, I guess I should just start playing. Yeah, go for it. So this is actually the um, the first song on the album is called "Devil Inside of Me," and, and it's a, it's a it's a one take um, song. And you, you familiar with the term one take? It's when you start the tape and then you play and then you stop. Yep. So vocals and guitar, uh, no no post production outside of like a little bit, but you know, it's "Devil Inside of Me." Yeah, um, 
I kind of fucked up the ending there. No, you have an amazing voice. You're so soulful you. for a white guy. <laughs> Pretty soulful for a white guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah, so that's um, Devil Inside of Me. Uh, you know, this is my first self produced album. So uh, I did one back in 2010. Uh, called Barefoot Remedies. Good luck looking that up online. I'm gonna actually publish that one, but I, I just, I didn't like it. You know, huh. it was, it was too. All the songs were too like poppy, you know, and and like Americana folk, like uh, you know. Um, and I just, I just didn't want that to be the style that really represented. You know, I don't feel like I connect with that. You know, huh. so I didn't feel connected with it. I guess is what you say. It's not a bad album. You know, it was very well produced by a guy named Svenerik Seholm in uh, in um, San Diego, cool. and he's still down there doing business. He's a great producer. He's got a great. He was a great recording engineer. You know, guy really knows his stuff. I just, you know, I wrote all the songs. I just didn't, you know, I wasn't happy with it. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I have friends that are really pissed about that because they actually really like the, the album. But, um, so, uh, let's see. This is my first self-produced project, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm happy with this one. I'm proud of it, so. Uh, let's see. I guess I could do a, a cover of, um, Whiskey Bottle Blues, which is, well, I can't, you can't cover your own shit, right? It's, <laughs> it's just that, that on the album, it's it's electric, you know, right. and so this will be an acoustic version of it, but let's see. Let me sit back a little bit. Nice creaky sound for you listeners there. It's a pretty standard 12-bar blue. Walked out the door. 
doesn't kill me, woman. Oh, I said, oh, I know you're too timing this, Will. Yeah, this whiskey doesn't kill me, woman. Lord, I, I, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know you're too timing this, Will. Cause you, cause you know, you know, you know, you know, you know I love you still. Wow! Wow, you can really sing! That's amazing! It's all and very unassuming. Is it, that's, that was, wow! Um, I also think it's very, whiskey sounds better than gin, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, it's it's either whiskey or gin. I know those sound like two different extremes, but I switched to gin at one point because it's more potent. But no, but I mean in the song. Whiskey oh, yeah. sounds better mm-hmm. in the song because you can't like sing a blues song about gin. I guess you can. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started one. writing one called Gin Alley Row, which was about all the the people I meet at the bars, you know, that are yeah. just as depressed as I am drinking away their sorrows. Sure. Yeah. But it ended up sounding, I couldn't get Desolation Row out of my head. So, like, the song ended up sounding almost exactly like Bob Dylan's song. So, I kind of dropped it. Does that does that happen to you that if you're listening to a specific type of music, it influences your creation mm-hmm. and you feel like. Right. Yeah, but it's not that you're copying. It's like parallel thinking. Right. Or... Well, I look for inspiration in other music, but. Um, like when I did this album, I actually did a did a, a month long lockout in the studio. So like five hours or eight hours a day, five days a week for a month. Wow! And I got a great deal at Nice and Up Studios, uh, run by a guy named Chris Cortez. And um, that's a full time job for a month. I know. I would love to to be in the studio for an extended period of time doing that. The great thing was I could show up and people were, oh, that's too long in the studio. I don't like the idea of going to the studio specifically to record something. I was sitting on the edge of my bed trying to figure out. No, I go to the studio. I sit there. We would go get a cup of coffee. Uh, Benj- Benjamin Thompson was was my one of my engineers. Also, uh, Clifford Brown III, who uh, is the grandson of Clifford Brown, the uh, trumpet player. And Clifford Brown III, his father, uh, Junior II, was a, was a radio uh, DJ here for a while cool. in, the, in the Bay Area. So, so uh, anyway, so Clifford was also another guy, and uh, and then Andrew Seidel. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Anyway, so they all helped me out immensely, and we would just sit around and like chat for half an hour, just dick around, you know, have a good time, go get some coffee. I don't know, smoke a J. In my case, drink some shots, you know. And sometimes I wouldn't actually do anything until like. I don't know, maybe the last three hours, but those last three hours were like, we'd sat there talking, piddling, listening to a track, trying to figure out what the next thing was. And all of a sudden, you know, something would hit or uh, like Ben, um, I always told all of them was if you have a creative idea, work it out, you know, let me hear it because sometimes I need to hear it. But just don't be upset if I veto that. You know, sure, if I, sure. If I say no. Because it's you're producing your album. And, and yeah. yeah, the song These Four Walls um, was just... A, like a scrappy piece of paper with seven verses. It's only three now, but uh, yeah. we cut it way back. It had seven verses that went on and on talking about like all these references to Edgar Allan Poe and shit, which <laughs> you know, I think I mentioned Lenore a few times and all this other stuff. But, um, 
I was pretty drunk when I wrote that song, but it was just, it was, it was a scratch thing and it turned into like this, this epic part of your album. Right. It is a pretty epic song. Yeah. And Ben worked out all the strings and then we bought, you know, real violin player and cello wow. and cellist in there. And, and, uh, you know, so this is expensive. Like this is your, this isn't, um, this paid, isn't like a, this is an expensive endeavor. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm over budget. My original budget was 15 grand. I, wow. I spent, I spent a couple of grand on like stupid, what I'd say like maybe a grand and a half on shit that I didn't need to, or bills, you know, once I got sure. laid off from my last job. So. Wow. Yeah. But now you're going to travel. Well, this has Hopefully. been, uh, this is awesome. I hope uh, everybody looks you up. I just passed you around on the Facebooks. Nice. So nice, that yeah. we, your, uh, your website, waywardblues.com. Uh, it's kind of Let's MVP right now. I'm still adding more to it, but yeah. 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 And then people can buy your album. It's coming out. You're going to be pushing it. I think tomorrow you can look it up on CD Baby Store. So just, just Google CD Baby Store and then type in Wayward Blues and Company. And you play every Brown, Sunday. Yeah. Which day do you play? I play Sunday Friday? evenings at uh, Ireland's at 32. Ireland's. Yeah, yeah, so Sunday evenings, 8 to 11.30. That's my only real gig right now. Um, well, I mean, my only consistent thing I got going. I, I'm working on it. You know? Yeah. Oh, I, so I have, I'll be at a musician showcase tomorrow night at Fireside Lounge in Alameda. And then I think... I love the, that place. Yeah, the 29th at Up the Creek... Uh, up the creek record around five thirty. i think i'll be playing a little showcase as well you know so you should look into things. uh in in walnut creek my buddy i went to high school with her jenny green she and her significant other they own a bar called the rotator tap room okay and it's in walnut creek and it's great and they have really it's like really great acoustics and they they're always looking for for stuff, they like usually like yeah. to have like bands, but it's, you'd be perfect. What's for them. it called? Rotator Tap Room. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just for everybody. Go. They have the best. They have really good beers on tap. Like they're the kind of place that has like nineteen IPAs. You know. Oh. But but they're but they're well priced. They're just I a, hate they're a beer IPAs. Bar. You hate IPAs? I love IPAs. Porters and stouts, baby. Well, they have all that too. They have all that. The stuff. dock of the better, just like my soul. Yeah. <laughs> but Rotator Tap Room. I check also them out drink black coffee too. So. Yeah. This has been so much fun. You are so unique and and thank you. But you've tr so well traveled and so intelligent and I so try. esoteric, and Ooh. and that you know and that rhymes with Estonia. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. This has been some call me Tim. Uh, we were all over the map. Go check out David Brown's new blues album and go to his website at waywardblues.com. You know, that was supposed to not be Tim. He was supposed to say, what was the guy, actor's name? Uh, I forgot his name. But he was supposed to say this really long, like, rambling thing, and he forgot it. So he just said, Tim. That's and then so funny. That stuck. Yeah. The, the Tim the Enchanter. Look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tim the Enchanter was originally supposed to be this ridiculously long word that he forgot and just said Tim. And yeah, they stuck it. Called yeah. me Tim. Tim. I love yeah, I That's love why that. he looks almost confused when he says it. Yeah. Because yeah. it was yeah, a moment they caught yeah. that. Oh, I'm so glad that you I love let Monty me Python. In. I, love I We too. could sit here and quote that movie oh, yeah. all day long. Okay. Bye. I like yeah. to start the music up again just to give just to give it full just yeah. to give it full circle structure. Uh, this has been there's some who call me Tim. Is it an African or European swallow? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> an unladen. Yeah. An unladen. I don't know. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and we'll be back next week. 
with another really interesting person who lives a cool life and does awesome stuff, but not as awesome as David Brown. Go get his album. Wayward Blues. Wayward Blues. Um, and we'll we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us on MutinyRadio.fm. Bye. your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. And I started to do some thinking. I have a really, really good time. Flat black glass. And I Henry! Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your um, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Let's watch I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. 
Counter Offers menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offers serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at Subliminal SF dot my shopify dot com that's subliminal sf dot my shopify dot com and experience subliminal sf tired of paying too much for your internet contracts and hidden fees got you down Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. 
special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. Yeah. Okay, like, Siri, you know she's being recorded. Like, watch, like... The story of the Almighty God. No. Siri, what's my name? Look, the, the, she doesn't want to talk to you right now. She's trying to me. I'm trying to Why is it? Oh, now it's plugged in. Okay, here we go. You know, uh, I heard Siri was. I've asked Siri a lot of questions, and some of them have been like answers that no. You know, it's starting to have it. You know, it's not like that weird doll that said, "I want to kill all humans." You know that. Just do what you feel, speed along the lane. 
we do as we please when the weather's fine. We go fishing or go swimming in the sea. We're always happy, last we're living here, that's our philosophy.
laughing at something the music's loud a girl comes towards you you once used to know you reach out your hand but you're all alone and most time passages i know you're in station on for Rodney on the Rock.